0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Isaac's Autism Wild podcast. Today is a really exciting day because this is the first podcast we have done in our new space. So thank you guys for joining me today. I have some of my favorite people from the Arc of Spokane. So joining me is their executive director, Seema Thorpe. Seema, we have been, I feel like in the last like nine months, like I feel like we're like buddies. We socialize, we get together and doing a lot of collaboration and talking about joint Um, issues and opportunities to come together between the Isaac Foundation and the ARC. But it's funny that just in the last nine months, it's just been, we're seeing it. I feel like I see you more than any other nonprofit person in Spokane right now. So I don't know if you know this, but we're BFFs. We're even
1: Facebook friends now. So I feel like I see you all the time. So I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you too. And especially that you like happy hour and we get a oh. lot of business done then. You know, and, great. and that's
0: great to say because everybody knows that that's my jam. I get my best business done and I, all of my great thinking yeah. happens when it's happy hour. So. I think
1: that's actually why we get
0: along so well. Very. I think you're right. That's why things just kind of meld together. So Seema, a little bit about, about you. How sure. long have you been with the ARC? And kind of a little bit about your, about your background because you... Um, have not been in true nonprofit sector your entire career
1: ish. I mean, it, it's been a kind of a roundabout. Sure. It's, well, it, it'll all make sense, but, you know, that would take your entire <laughs> podcast to go through my career. But yes, you are right. Actually, this will be my six year anniversary this month.
0: Oh, my goodness. My
1: first day. I love to tell this story. My first day at the ark was windstorm 2015. Oh. Seriously. So my first act as, as executive director was to completely evacuate. Oh, the ark So
0: they threw you into the, <laughs> in the deep end of the pool that day. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad that you brought this up today because on the drive to school today, my son was, at, I told them, I said, Hey, we're expecting wind because it's always better with kids with autism to just give them a 411 so that they know what to expect. And he says, Oh, no, is it going to be like the last windstorm? I'm like, gosh, like, I feel like that was a really long time ago, but like he still remembers that. So now we know six years ago um, was when that last terrible windstorm is. So thank you for reminding me. I'll tell Caleb when I pick him up today that he tells
1: me. I was really nervous when I saw the weather
0: report today. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was a repeat. I, that's exactly what I thought, though, <laughs> when I was thinking as I'm driving, thinking, wait, this kid has a long memory for these, you know, autism, long memory. So I was like, boy, I hope he's not right with like a repeat of that. Yeah. anniversary
1: six years ago so so that was your inaugural that was my inaugural day <laughs> um i remember having to kick out the uh, director of the regional dda uh, services at the time because my, my fl- phone was blowing up with alerts and yeah. this will connect to my uh, prior position for 21 years i was with gonzaga university and i was an assistant dean there and uh, part of my job was to be on call and so, my, all these alerts were going off because of the windstorm. The university was closing. And I looked at my phone and I looked at Lorna and stuff and said, Excuse me, I know this meeting is really important. This is my first day and first meeting, but I need you guys to leave because I have to close the agency. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be rescheduling. Yeah, that's <laughs> we'll funny. reschedule. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was at Gonzaga for 21 years and had the great fortune to work in all of the areas uh, related to social justice initiatives for students at GU. And I still teach in the leadership department. I teach a course called Service Social Action and Leadership. Connection with the ARC was that in one of the departments I founded, which was the Center for Community Action and Service Learning, they were, uh, the ARC was a community partner. And so there are a lot of college students, even to this day, who are Uh, actively engaged uh, with the as service learning students or volunteers. But I used to work with many ARC leaders over the years on that partnership. And then also, I'm the founder of a program I think a lot of your constituents will know called GOSR at Gonzaga, Gonzaga University Specialized Recreation. So that's the program where together with um, individuals with developmental disabilities, they put on plays. They are the ones that run special Olympics programs at GU. They have a retreat called Way of the Heart Retreat. So I did found and develop that program. And to this day, there are maybe 90 volunteers. Oh, that's amazing. There. So and I'm glad yeah. that you
0: brought that up because we'll put that in the show notes because mm-hmm. if people are listening, they're not familiar with that. That's actually a really good resource that I haven't actually thought about in a while. So.
1: And we still have a good partnership there. We provide an advisor to that program. I encourage families to check it out, Yeah, especially if they have uh, children or you have to—they have to be, I think, eighteen or older, or young mm-hmm. adults yeah. who uh, love to do plays yeah. or would be interested in theater. They do these wonderful. Oh, that's a great um, opportunity.
0: There are—we have some thespians out there. Let me just tell you, mm-hmm. I feel
1: like they would be like well
0: suited for that opportunity. So that's very cool. Yeah.
1: And then yeah. on a personal note, I have a close family member on the spectrum, and I also have a nephew who. Is also on the spectrum and receives a lot of services.
0: Gotcha. So you Mm -hmm. have, I mean, while you haven't worked in true nonprofit sector, you've actually worked within your career in sectors that touch our special needs community. Yes. Yes. Cool.
1: But, but that the mission of the arc is really why I'm here. Yeah. The mission is beautiful, beautiful and connected to that. So let's talk about the mission of the arc. Sensibility. Yeah. I have. Yeah. So overall, what is the mission of the arc? So the mission of the arc is it, it, provides a birth to forever services for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families. And so we're really there to meet parents, especially, but also individuals with where they are at in their journey, in their life journey. And there's a lot of programs connected and services connected to that journey. Yes. And, and that's where I think yeah, it gets we're a little talk conv- about a couple of
0: those. Exactly. And that's yeah. where it gets confusing. So, we wanted to talk about some of those programs that directly yes. touch our families. So, that way they know what these departments do, who does what, which
2: mm-hmm. is why
0: you brought some very talented ladies with you today. So, would you go ahead and introduce your first person here? So, that would be Jennifer over here
1: on your, I guess it's your right. Yeah. So, uh, Jennifer Ranney is, is with us here, and she is our Director of Advocacy and Family Support. And we're so blessed to have her because we we caught her at a critical juncture in her career where she had been with the agency was, that she was at. I don't know if I can say who they are, but probably. <laughs> <for> career Path <laughs> Services. Okay. okay yeah. She was there for over 15 years and was a program director and founder of the first generation pro- uh, project there, ZONE. And she's worked directly with individuals with developmental disabilities in the career area for over a decade. And so very connected in that way and has done some national uh, committee work also uh, in the area of employment for individuals who are underrepresented.
0: Well, and I first met Jennifer because I was actually on the panel of individuals that interviewed. So Isaac Foundation sat on the panel when they were mm-hmm. doing interviews seeking the perfect candidate for this. And it was very evident. I'm just going to say it was very evident that you were really because Seema and I have talked many times about really what it is that this role does. And just that personality and vision and you know skill set. And it was very evident early on um, first interview that you were... Um, definitely met, checked every single box. And so it was, it, I was excited when I heard the news that they had extended and you accepted. And we've talked actually just one-on-one. Actually, it was when my kids all had COVID and I felt badly because I that. <laughs> yes, yes. I felt badly we were going to get together in person, which I was excited right. about. And then it went to a virtual Zoom meeting <laughs> and you were so gracious and you just like, because it was pretty quick that we had to switch over to another platform and you were fantastic. So Um, and also I appreciated that you let me vent about how stupid some of these school (laughs) bureaucracy things were, but again, that lends itself to what it is that you do as the advocacy family support director. Did I get that correct?
2: You did. Oh, perfect. Good. That was great. Thank you. Fantastic. So
0: let's talk a little bit about what your role is within that department at the ARC.
2: Absolutely. So thank you, by the way, for being part of the panel. Uh, because honestly, it has been such an amazing privilege to, to be part of the ARC, and I am so genuinely excited. Just for a little bit of background, I come from a workforce development background, and in, in that capacity of just working with some people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, and I, I think part of what really excited me about that, whether I was really able to put the words to it at the time or not, was the idea of advocacy. It was people with IDD ensuring that they had all the amazing opportunities and the chances for them to show their skill sets and to have great jobs and to make a living wage. That was meaningful to me. So when the opportunity came to be at the ARC, I thought, yes, yes, and yes. So I was I was thrilled for this. And my position as the Director of Adv- Advocacy and Family Support is I oversee a a few different programs that just kind of help people holistically. And I I like to say that it it was interesting, just a little bit of a, a little bit backtrack that when I told people, I said, Oh my gosh, I got this job at the arc. And they're like, you're working for the thrift store? Um. <laughs> we were going to bring that
1: up. Because when people
0: think of the art, that is kind of the first go-to. Because for our general public, they go in and they use the thrift store very regularly. And so, of course, without education, proper education, I think that that sometimes becomes people's like stopping point. No, we yes. are so much more we're than store. We're so a much more, store. yes. Yes. I'm I, sure people were probably like, oh, so are you... Do you do. Are you shelving? <laughs> are, you
1: clo- are you sorting clothing? Yeah exactly (laughs) i got very odd looks from my colleagues at gu when i announced i was going to the arc they're like thrift operation everything kind of see that coming yeah (laughs) but hey
0: career change you know when you say career change that is definitely a career change right but that's not what the arc of spokane is that's just one of the little like offshoots of how you guys have support yeah fundraiser and employment too and employment yeah so
2: Yes. And what I really loved, and I think it was actually at the interview when, when somebody had mentioned about that the, the heart of the ARC is advocacy. When I heard that, I thought, oh, you know, it would be my dream at this point that when people think of the ARC, as opposed to initially thinking of the thrift store, I would love for them to think advocacy. That is what the ARC does. So part of, part of my position is I oversee some different programs that are, that are in my department, but I am so passionate about creating a culture of that. That department just works seamlessly together to, to help parents and to help those with IDD to, to reach their fullest um, and to get all the services they need. And within the department, we have, I, I, love, I love all of this, parent to parent. So we're going to be meeting Maria. Fantastic. Although I'm sure many of you already know her. People know uh, my Maria. <laughs> we got Maria. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler alert. Yes. We need a right. Clone. <laughs> there with this clone. And, uh, we, uh, so we actually have parent to parent in Spokane, parent to parent in, uh, S- Stevens, Pondere, and Ferry counties. We have, a Spokane Parent Coalition, and that's to really look at, uh, the legislative issues and advocacy, and how to keep uh, parents informed of the bills that are going on that would really affect their lives and and the lives of their children or the people that they're caring for. We have a sexual abuse prevention trainer, and that one is, we're actually the only one in Spokane County. Yes, and, yes and, you are. Yeah, and, and that's why mm-hmm. I was
0: so excited when I was hearing you guys were hiring and filling that role because it had been empty for a little bit, mm-hmm. covid kind of messed around with a lot of things. But yeah, so you're absolutely right. You guys are the only ones that do that. And it's mm-hmm. so critical.
2: So can you yes. explain a little
0: bit what that role is in that position?
2: Absolutely. So what this is, is this is a trainer that actually will go out and meet with parents, schools, case managers, first responders. We're actually talking about Special Olympics. And what uh, and as well as actually the staff of the ARC. So that is a mandatory training within our own organization. And what it is is it's how to spot um, any signs of potential sexual abuse with people with IDD. And the statistic that I heard that was absolutely frightening is they said that nine out of 10 people with intellectual or developmental disabilities are going to experience multiple occasions of sexual abuse. Yeah, it's just um, horrible. It is, it is horrible. And we brought on Jim Lane. He is a former police officer who with a child with IDD, um, has actually worked in this type of work before and is brilliant. Yes. Um, I heard that you guys were
0: getting this all in place and I was like, Oh, this sounds like a dream come true. I mean, you really are getting a dream team. If I, I mean, yes. I'm mean, i a little jealous that yeah, I'm, you guys are really finding the right people for the right roles. So I, I don't know how you're doing it, but you're doing a good job. So keep up the good work. So,
2: well, it's thank you. right. Okay. Um, Yes. And then we have individual advocacy. And so this is to, uh, to help parents and those with IDD with resources and, and crisis management in many cases. And so, uh, what's really amazing about this program is somebody can contact us and say, Hey, maybe I need help with an IEP or I need help understanding guardianship. I need help with pretty much anything, transportation, housing, medical, uh, uh, guardianships, guardianships, um, the waivers. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I love the waivers. The, everybody everybody loves the waivers. Oh, I love um, the waivers. <laughs> <laughs> and this team has put together, like, honestly, one of the most amazing, living, breathing resource guides I have ever seen. And this was actually under our new manager that we have, Megan Juno. And on top of that, though, these guys are incredible researchers. They are the ones that if a parent calls and says, I need this, and they don't know exactly how to do it, they will take the time to research it and figure it out and send an incredibly comprehensive email um, back with all the resources, call the person up, follow up, make sure they're doing okay, and how did the resources work for them? They're incredible, and they are uh, fearless researchers and advocates, so, so it's very the, exciting. This research th-
0: or this resource tool that you guys have, how what's the format of it, and how do fam- how would families get access to this resource manual that you're? Um, is it just something that you guys use internally, or is that open to access to families that are in our community?
2: No, that's a great question. So currently, it's internal, although we are going to create one that's that's going to be going out to the public. Uh, what's really great about this particular resource guide is it's written in full sentences in plain language, oh, so which is it's rare. I call that in our field. it's call that very cran
0: version. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, we just—I yeah. don't need jargon. I need the crayon version that I can understand and process and be able to activate. You appreciate so. this,
2: exactly yeah, version. Um, so, for example, um, I, if somebody were to say, "Hey, I would like information on guardianship." it's written like, what is guardianship? Why is it important? What does it mean in Washington state? Here are the different types of guardianships. Here are some resources. So it goes even more into here's a few people you can contact. It literally will give you the entire scope of, of what it is. And that's also really something that I've only seen the ARC do and it's been very exciting. And so that team is just continuing to grow as well. Um, and what i love is with the culture that we're that we're trying to create like when we have new people like maria coming in who also has this incredible wealth of experience and resources you know i think she already brought in like 15 20 new resources to our resource guide Oh, yes.
1: and <laughs> i am not surprised <laughs> and without any marketing at all we've seen a huge jumping calls mm-hmm. exponentially their parents and individuals are finding us And we've also created, we've um, uh, streamlined how people can access us because they used to kind of hunt and peck for an advocate before. Now, all of those calls uh, or all of those connections can just come to advocacy at ARC, A-R-C hyphen, Spokane.org. And and then the um, individual advocates as well as people like our advocates like Maria Jennings, they see every... Request for information, and and so very quickly can figure out okay who's going to take this one on, and no matter who contacts us because of our guide, we're giving um, excellent and consistent yeah information, say, which is really important.
3: <clears throat> a
0: lot I have seen over the years, a lot of resource tools out there. The problem mm. with them is they have to be living documents because Correct. things change exactly, um, and so when it is a a, a once a year publication or, you know, every couple of years, pu- it's amazing. I mean, as soon as we make an update and like our provider list or our resource guides, it's almost obsolete. Um, And which is part of the reason why, you know, I can't, the olden days where we were printing things out and having these big stacks of these manuals and they're pretty much obsolete as soon as they're printed. So that's good to know that they're, I mean, cause that's, you have to stay on those in order for them to be accurate information. Just the providers that change and who's moving where in just guardianships alone. Um, you know, I'm seeing new, I love um, some of these online platforms where people are asking for, you know, like we're looking for a guardianship. Who do you recommend? And I love following those, those feeds because it always kind of identifies additional resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always lovely to see when you guys are referred as a resource in that too. So, so let's introduce your, partner here in crime your parent-to-parent coordinator maria jennings would you mind just because ex- obviously our people know maria because she's participated in a few a few podcasts over the years um but jennifer
3: would but you mind this podcast won't be based on trauma experiences well
0: i always tease that i get my best training materials of like oh my gosh and then you know especially with first responders from the Jennings family because there is some. I have a lot of white hair because of your little guy because he. I love him so much and he just keeps it real and keeps us always learning. But so many of you know Maria as a mom that's sharing traumatic experiences and and what to learn from these wonderful gems. Um, but you guys have hired her as your parent to parent coordinator.
2: Yes. Um, so first of all, I have to give you a shout out, Holly. Oh, um, I'm telling
0: you people, this, I'm just <laughs> wanting my listeners to know that if I am referring some of my best parents to the Arc of Spokane, I think that just shows that I have a lot of confidence and I love the programs that you have that you're offering to the community and you're a real resource. So I might as well send you my
2: fantastic parents that fit <laughs> these roles very well.
0: And that is Maria.
2: That absolutely is Maria. So when, when she came in, I have to tell you, I mean, it was energy and smarts and you could feel the love off of her too. And when I was saying that I really wanted to create like a new, a new culture of, of what we're doing within the team, she was it. And, and then when she shared her experience that she had as a parent, absolutely brilliant and all i could think of is this is i mean it was instant she's she's the one no no ifs ands or buts about it and i haven't regretted it at all i think she's only been here a couple of weeks a quick quick side story there is an official training that you do for parent to parent. And so they say within the first month, here's what you do. Within the first three months, here's what you should be expecting. And then kind of goes on six months a year. Um, I think within a week and a half, she was done with the month long checklist. Surprised. Surprised. (laughs) Already working on the three month and already making a difference within um, within our team and within the arc. So it's amazing. So we are thrilled to have Maria Jennings as our parent-to-parent coordinator and trainer in Spokane.
0: Yeah, so Maria, let's talk a little bit about your new job. Like I said, it pains me because, you know, my vision, my hope is always to be able to capture your abilities because you do have a lot of potential and a lot to offer our community. I, mean, I so, appreciate that.
3: Yes. Yeah. Um, so my position is parent-to-parent coordinator. So ideally it would be training veteran parents of special needs um, getting them ready to, and prepared um, to kind of be mentors, support mentors for some of our newer parents that are kind of navigating different roads. Um, we also will do slip shops, but that's a little bit a ways. I guess what attracted me to this was being a parent, I've been a mentor and a mentee. Yes. So I've been on both sides okay, heavily. But that's,
0: okay, that is a really good point because I don't think you ever just move in solidly, solidly into the mentor role because there are hiccups and bumps in the road where you're like oh no 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 where's my mentor because I am now to that place so I think that's a really good thing to consider
3: and I think that was very evident that one mom's night out where I just sat there and I said I am not in a space to talk yeah let's talk about that for just a moment so typically I would say I'm one of the more outgoing mamas offer support offer real hugs um, and support and real like yes this world is ugly and messy, but it gets better. Yes. Because you have an
0: equal amount of real, but with the uplifting, which is I think one of the unique things because it has not been an easy road. No. But you guys are one of those families that really will find that rainbow in and in, in the, the storm and this in the rain. And be able to still say, you know, hey, here's some good things that are happening. And that's, I think, something that not every family has the capacity to do that when it's so hard.
3: Yeah. And it's so close and it's so everyday and it's so heavy. But it had just been a traumatic experience a couple days before. Yeah. And I needed to go, but I needed not to say anything. Yes. I was able to find a safe place to do that. And if I could provide that for any other parent, that's my ultimate goal. Yeah. Because you didn't need people offering suggestions because you're one of those
0: parents that you have already done all of those suggestions and 27 other additional ones that
3: maybe perhaps they hadn't thought of. You just needed to be there and just be present. Just be in a safe place and just be. And I think sometimes our parents need to know that just being is okay. Yes. As heavy as our world is, just to be is all you can do that day. And I think as parents,
0: we need to remember that there is value and just coming and being, and Mm -hmm. you don't have to have, um, A wealth of information or even a problem that you need someone to solve for you. Sometimes you just need to be able to just be. I have, and I've said this before, I'm certain on a podcast, Anna will either give me a nod or not. Maybe I just complain about it in the office, but um, it is hard to be me at times because I need to be a parent at times. And so for me, when I go to anything really that's surrounded by disabilities, it's. I'm more often than not wearing my professional hat of being able to help support people, mm-hmm. guide yes. them, prov- plug them into resources, connect them with people I think can help them. But there are times where I just want to be able to be that mom and just be there and present but not um, have to be the one that's um, saving other people. Yes, And that was where it was hard because so often you would be that mom that's there providing support and resources or ideas or comfort Lot of comfort.
3: Lots of comfort.
0: And that was the night where you just needed to be present and just be there. Yes. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. So I'm excited that you guys will have the benefit of, you know, what our community needs more is that, yes, Isaac Foundation has a parent night. Um, sometimes it's the mom, sometimes it's parent night and we have both coming. Um, but I think any organization that's providing those opportunities for parents to get together, because again, we can't be all things for all parents. And so also there's a limit to how many nights a week we can actually run that program Mm -hmm. or days. And so I think it's wonderful that our community is going to have access to that. And so when do you foresee, um, are you doing some of these programs already currently? I noticed that online she posted some questions for people to answer. Which we survey. have been spying on. Yes. She's been
1: posting a lot. Oh, she does.
0: <laughs> yes. But that's how people see the information yes, yes. no And so, um, again, we were all like, man, this is so great. Maria's doing her job. And so we were like, hey, I mean, we talked about this at staff meeting. It's like, well, thanks, Maria, for asking some of these questions. Um, and this was specific to do you need child care? Do you mm-hmm. um, want more daytime, evening time? Do you want it to be um, co-ed? And so I love that because already you're gathering information.
3: That's my special ed background. I can yeah. collect data and ask data questions all day long, yes. and it feels my soul in such a way. Yeah. Um. We call it. We're Anna and I are nerdy spreadsheet people over yes. here. We love data. Yeah, love, love data. Um. What I'm hoping the most though is to kind of blend all of the nonprofits because we're here for the individuals, yes. and if we can build bridges between the Ark and Isaac and all of the other ones, how amazing could this? community be where we're not heavily reliant on one so much yes. where we could all just kind of come together
0: well this is where sima yes, we have been talking about strategic goals and siloing so sima have i and i have gotten together because yes. one of our challenges that we see in our community is the siloing of agencies and how that is not the way we are going to be able to serve our you know developmental and intellectual disability community by being siloed within our agencies just doing what we do and doing what we do best but not working with other organizations so let's talk about the strategic mission of the arc and kind of things that even you and i and we'll also talk Mm -hmm. about our our coalition group that we're working within i think it's a good plug
1: our network yeah well i think one of the reasons why you and i have really connected holly is that we we allowed ourselves to get to this place where we could be have a kind of a heart-to-heart vulnerable conversation conversation with each other about why do agencies not collaborate in our field well or at all? And I, I think we both acknowledge that there's ridiculous sort of competition that is not necessary and it's not good for our constituency at, at not, all. I mean, not if we're
0: in it to support yeah. the families that we serve, then we are doing it wrong if we're only looking
1: within our agency to be able to fill that need. And unfortunately it gets reinforced sometimes yes. by uh, funding streams, you know, we we get pitted against each other. And it it simply is not necessary. You and I came down and kind of looked agency to agency and wh- why would there ever be any need to have anything competitive? But at the same time, we had to acknowledge that because of the lack of collaboration, um, we were replicating some services, okay? We weren't um, speaking to each other about uh, legislative issues you know we weren't trying to engage the ark was not reaching out to isaac in a way so that you could empower
2: yes, your get more parents and yes. families
1: and, and vice versa and so holly and i have started to work on that so even you you mentioned parents night out yes you know just that's a little thing you we, parent to parent at the ark had done a parents night out so one of the things is well shouldn't we collaborate around that um does that, does that not make sense? Why have we not done that? Well, and yeah. that's just it. We've had other parent-to-parent coordinators, previous ones, uh, that were reaching out
0: asking, you know, so how do you guys do it? And right. what days of the week? And it was just like, you know, I'm giving the roadmap. It's like, oh, well, here's what we found. Different days of the week. We've tried doing the daytime. We've tried, mm-hmm. our, you know, just because if we can help get some of these answers to you guys so that we can, you know, work as a team, I think it's very, and you had mentioned SIB shops too. Um, one of the biggest mm-hmm. needs I think in our community right now is that we're currently right now we're the only one offering a sibling support program. I can't wait until your sib shops mm-hmm. are open because again, I can't serve all of the kids that are currently on our wait list. If so I this is my great, way mm-hmm. it would be tomorrow. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but apparently there's training. I know. <laughs> there is the SIB shop material is actually quite good. Um, but yeah, you have to wait around for the yeah. training to happen and that's so you know, you
1: know also the arc of Spokane is one chapter of arcs across the nation of yes. the arc of Washington, the Ark of the U S and why are we only sharing information out about resources within our own siloed network? It makes no sense. And so, well, and as you know, state
0: yeah. to state, everything is so different that it really right. isn't really with the specific knowledge set that you have for Washington. It makes sense that we utilize that information in Washington. Absolutely. Um,
1: even things we do internally. So we have an incredible life after high school course oh, I love that, uh, that is taught by Helen Black. So good. And so who good. is amazing. And, um, and you know, why aren't we uh, making sure that we are heavily marketing that, that course and working with you, Holly, for your families who have a kiddo in transition? Yeah. The class is excellent. It can be parent is it's free currently or free. yeah it's free. essentially free yeah. and uh and it is unique it's a unique learning opportunity for parents and I
0: always tell my families you might want to take it twice because you get so much information and when you take it early because we took it early then it's like oh I feel like I need it again because now we're actually in it so I wanted to know what it was gonna look like when we took it early and then it's like oh boy howdy we're in it now and so you take it a second time it's so good but until we
1: were really committed to this strategic uh collaboration initiative and that we were going to de-silo basically that we, we were not connecting with you. We were yeah. not, you know, hey, you want to send your parents over here and to take, you know, life after high school. So, so that I think that is in at the core of that may not sound like a massive change to you or maybe some of your parents, but it has been a huge change. And just like the proverbial dropping a stone in the, in the pond with ripples that has, um, that has created a lot of change and has created change within the AFS department as well. Yeah. So, it's a real it's a cultural yeah. change from within it is a cultural that change. has
0: a very big ripple effect for our community because again what's happening internally in that change in focus and vision, you know, I think that that's where you're starting to see now all of a sudden we're working more together to make sure people understand the programs at the Arc. I feel way more comfortable being able to refer people because I have a better understanding of the different programs and services, and who
1: and where to and send people. We have a relationship, and you can pick up the phone now. Exactly, so you know how to get a hold of me ten, ten different ways. Exactly, and but it really it does it
0: change. I think the unity of our our IDD community. So, with mm-hmm. that being said, you and I are sitting on a separate committee that is the, the advisory board. Advisory board, yeah. Um, So let's talk a little bit about that, because that's also kind of that next wave of where I do Mm -hmm. think that we're going to see some changes within the community, too.
1: Yes. So Holly and I are on the advisory board of the uh, Spokane Network of Champions, IDD Network of Champions. And it is not not a five hundred one c three. It is a coalition, yeah, network. Just people that are getting yes. together to discuss issues that
0: relate to individuals that and are- and advocacy issues. Yes,
1: and and it really um, has been difficult to keep it going robustly during the pandemic. And we are in a strategic planning phase, which is what um, Holly and I have been very very engaged in putting a lot lot of work into, um, and and so. Yeah, really looking at what what should a network coalition be, and it buys into this idea for all age, you know, for all agencies and parents who want to be engaged. That we're going to push against siloing. Yeah, in Spokane, it doesn't work, and it's not going to get us any help in Olympia if we're like that. Too. So let's talk okay. a little
0: bit about that. So one of the things that's Washington has really, especially Eastern Washington, we are very disorganized in how we're mm-hmm. advocating for legislative change. And yes. this is another area where, again, where it really starts with the families being able to mm-hmm. understand and, and know that, hey, we have to add a voice to this because without adding our voice to this to then, you know, go and speak to and I always refer people to you guys because you've your advocacy department in terms of your advocacy staff and we don't have your advocacy person here present because you spoke in parent coalition person has not been hired yet. Is that tr- correct? No, but
1: we all work on legislative correct. issues. So currently everybody is kind of working on that. Yeah. yeah.
0: But so let's talk a little bit about that because really when we're talking about mm-hmm. making robust change in our state that impacts Eastern Washington. We have to be talking to legislators. We have to be aware of what's being presented in the legislature. And that's where ARC is really, that's your jam. This is where Mm -hmm. you guys really shine. But as you've indicated, one of the biggest challenges is that we are very disorganized as a community, as self-advocates, as parents, to really be able to, and, and agencies to be able to structure our voice and be organized and have almost a strategic plan of how we're going to advocate for Eastern Washington because it's different. It's Eastern Washington and Western Washington is different in terms of what we need and also what support comes our direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I fair in saying that? Uh, yes. It's very, And, and there's that- a big discrepancy between the support <coughs> that Western Washington gets and what Eastern Washington gets. And really um, big message that we're hearing from other groups and other states is that we're, Eastern Washington is just we're disorganized right now.
1: And and that's used against us. It and, is. And so we're only able to get things we need piecemeal, right? Mm-hmm. Maria. Um, <laughs> um, and um and and so we're trying to be more organized through this coalition, coalition we, yeah. through the network of champions, um, to to lift up our voices and lift up the voices of individuals with developmental disabilities and their and their families and um get people together around around certain issues, not just in Olympia, but also locally. I mean, yeah. think about when issues uh, regarding transportation um, and increases in the cost of, of getting a ride through yeah, STA. STA. And there has they to were, be a way. The rate increase. There hasn't been a network for us to kind of, let's get organized around those things when they come up. Yeah, And this this will allow us to do that. But I, I would also say it is... This work can be very, and I think you two spoke to that a little bit, isolating. Yeah. Okay. So truly having it be a network so we can rely on each other too and learn from each other as well.
0: Well, and I was just talking to a grandfather who um, is helping his son who is now a single dad with two kids on the spectrum. And I was explaining to him because he says, well, this is just so unfair. How do you expect families to be able, you know, especially a single dad? And I said, It's all about advocacy. And I said, you know, at some point I want to introduce you to the Arc of Spokane because it's going to be really important that we have individuals, grant whether it's grandparents, parents, self-advocates, have that voice. And then also like that. Here's how we're going to advocate and hear and so that people hear what these challenges are. And so those are introductions that again we're sending your direction because the the place where we're going to be able to be organized is, you know, you do have people that are very focused in this area of advocacy. And I think that's where we're going to see a really big shift in being able to become organized and really advocate well for what we need here in Spokane
3: in eastern Washington and even just within the state. So and I feel like once the coalition is better founded, it will help the parents. Because as a parent, knee deep in it at the moment and working, it's hard to have that extra time in my day mm-hmm. to research the laws, to research what's going on, what's in legislative. But if it was predominantly out there, yes, then I would at least know how to narrow down the information. Yes. And if mm-hmm. it's coming from Isaac and from the ARC, trusted resources, then I put my trust in their research and what they're advocating for. But as a mom, I don't have the luxury of time. Oh no. To do that Mm -hmm. all on my own. No, and so once that is kicking up, I think you'll see a lot more parent involvement because the trust piece is Mm -hmm. there, the research is done, the heart is off of our shoulders. Yes. Not that we're taking the easy way out. We just l- legitimately don't have the luxury. We're tired. Of time. We yeah. are so
0: tired. And that's it's what hard. I actually tell people too is, is that if Isaac Foundation and ARC can save you the time of having to research. And if it's just there and being able to be presented in 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 spoonfuls of information that we need in a way that, you know, is concise, that if saving people time. Oh, you know, that's what I say in this world. Nothing gets me more wound up than people wasting my time because I don't have enough Mm -hmm. of it. I'm tired. Um, We have a lot on our plate. Mm -hmm. We have to fight for a lot of different things. And so we have to really um,
3: prioritize where our focus is. And we have a lot of expectations on our fights that we should be fighting and living up to making sure we know what's going on with legislative, make sure we know what's going on in the special education world after high school, like all the way up, like finding new pediatricians, now adult doctors, like there's so much. That we have to navigate. That if one thing can be taken off of our plate with trust, yes, then that piece is already like checked off. <laughs> oh, so
1: much.
2: And yeah, we are very excited. And I think that is that is something that we're so cognizant of is the time factor. We know that people would like to be involved, but who has the time, right? And so, um, what we uh, one of the great things with uh, with Parent Coalition, but even now, you know, just even now. You can look on, you know, the Facebook page. Uh, I think it's great. Maria is already kind of on this too. Oh, yeah. What are bills? That are coming out. Click on the link and there's a literally a quick way of here's how you can write a message to the mm-hmm. legislator. Mm-hmm. Press send and it will go straight to them.
0: Yes. Um, yes. Oh, making and, it as simple as possible. Yes.
2: Simple and easy. And uh, I just quickly want to share too. We're, we're also really passionate about those with intellectual and developmental disabilities having their voice heard yes. with the vote. And so we actually have a policy intern. Um, and they, she is a self advocate. And so she is going out and really rocking the IDD vote. And I believe I know this young lady. This is yes. Lane. Lane. Lane Anderson. She
0: is wonderful. So yeah. just for those listening, Lane Anderson is very special to us at the Isaac Foundation because her father um, is one of our biggest supporters through his company, Compass Construction and Service Masters. So I'm giving a ding, ding. Way to go. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> and so, again... Um, she, and she's doing, she's such yeah. a, I've known her for, through her fire. dad. Oh, she is on fire. And I just love seeing her shine. And even when I talk to her dad, he just talks about her confidence level. And just, you know, he is always just completely dazzled with her capability. That again, not even aware of what what wonderful things that she is so capable of doing and her level of independence. And so that is so lovely when I see him continually be surprised by her just You know, a limitless potential, I think, is just so great. And he just lights up when you talk about Lane. Um, So I'm just so happy that she's with you guys and she's doing so well.
2: Oh, she she really is. And I think that that goes a lot also to the heart of the arc. We Seema and I've had some amazing conversations about we don't want to tokenize people with IDD. There's a genuine, amazing, awesome talent there. Um, We want to provide them with jobs that they can be proud of, that they can really shine. And they're capable of doing those jobs. They're so capable of it. Uh, Yeah, so I love this. And we also have another really great self-advocate. Her name is Soretti, And she is helping to learn about bills that she can explain in plain language to those with IDD. So um, we're calling them kind of the dynamic duo. We have Lane. Helping people get registered to vote and making them understand that their vote really is meaningful. Yeah. And then Soretti following up with, and here's the cool things that you can be voting about. Um, and they're they're amazing together.
0: That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. So in terms of where you see the arc going, I I mean, I really definitely Mm -hmm. see a lot of collaboration. Obviously, you know, I have just massive amounts of love for Marie. And I'm really excited to be able to do some collaboration. Um, Jen, I, you know, again, I have just been dazzled just even with your interview and the one time we were able to get together and, and, and chat. So I'm really excited. So like kind of what's the next, what's in the near future for you guys as a department, as the organization? And you know, what let's talk about first, what are you the most excited and you want families to know first and foremost to be checking out? Um, and then maybe what you guys see happening in the next year? or did I put you on the spot maybe okay. I should have oh encounter. no that, do you guys that, that? that's great let's well, do have this to say. <laughs> yes oh I talk all day well I have a podcast I have a gift oh, I hope these are
1: things I can help
0: you do <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a little hard like,
1: like oh. as an executive director
0: you're holding on because once you know like momentum builds it's like you know that's the whole that's the cool thing about this is right. that sitting back and watching this just really take off yeah, so you want to be more collaborative watch out exactly, <laughs> oh, oh, we're exactly.
2: so tell me Jen. Yes. So first of all, um, I am really excited about the team that we are building here. Um, because like I shared before, um, and Seema and I, I love that we just share the the same idea of we want to bring collaboration and un-silo and, and bring amazing energy to advocacy and family support. So we've taken our time to find exactly the right people. Yes. Um, that i i think previously what has happened in the past is even though we we had the people there they were working a little bit more as individual contractors they were siloed even within their own department yes and now to say okay where do we all connect how can we all help each other and by doing this we're only helping those families and those with idd more so and and with that said so it's having this incredible momentum of where our team is, is going right now. And they're pretty unstoppable already. But then to t- really start taking this to the next level, I am so passionate about unsiloing this world. And that was kind of my background that I came from in workforce development, which was unsiloing the the workforce world. And, and so coming in here, and even though I realize that, People do get a little protective of their, their funding stream, their per, their own personal performance, um, things of that nature. But to, to break down the myth that if, if we somehow work together, that we're actually hurting things, we're not at all. We're actually only increasing the, the level of trust that families are going to have for us as a whole, which only in turn helps everybody. It, The performance will always be there. We will always still be helping people. We're only going to be helping them more now. So I want to start really looking strategically on those amazing partnerships that we can start to build with the different agencies, building that collaboration, helping each other out, because this is what's really going to help our, our families the most.
1: And another one that I've mentioned to you, Holly, is and some of your listeners may not know, the ARC is a big organization. Uh, we have over 250 employees in all kinds of programs and uh, all of our employees engage in the mission and they know that a core value is advocacy, but there's been this um, culture that, oh, you know, I see myself as an advocate. I see myself doing advocacy per- perhaps in, in, in very particular ways, but I don't see myself connected to an advocacy network, even within the agency, and and so that just needs to end, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we need to make sure that even our own employees can connect to Maria, they can connect to Jen, and that whole team, and be included. And we can leverage that thirst uh, for that part of our mission, even among our own employees. So that's part of the de siloing and collaboration is. Everybody who's an employee at the Arc of Spokane is an advocate and they see themselves that way. How can we further organize that energy and, you know, care for the mission and passion, even internally? I agree. And one of the things I do want to give you guys
0: props for doing is, is that, you know, when we have openings within our, you know, organizations, it's really tempting to fill it as fast as possible Mm -hmm. because, again, you're needing people to help, you know, manage the programs and and help the families that are there but you guys have really taken a step back and really slowed down your hiring process to find the right Mm -hmm. people and and that's hard to do Seema because again it's you're so desperate There's Um, there's a lot of pressure because you know again you have to other people have to pick up where you have those employment gaps but I really just want to tell you that I do appreciate the fact that you've taken a very purposeful step and slowing down and making sure that if it if you don't feel like you have the right candidates that are there applying for the job that you wait and because again i think it really shows with the caliber of people that you're bringing into your team so i just think that's amazing so
3: yeah so um what i would love to see within the next year is allowing families to feel more powerful sometimes we're so isolated mm-hmm. and so tired and just have no strength that if we can provide a little bit of strength to the families. Um One of my big aha moments have actually already happened within the first couple of weeks. I had a mom call and she needed some support with the school district. And I was able to offer her some support. And then she asked for support at an IEP meeting. Oh. And I said, well,
2: yes.
3: <laughs> Wouldn't you know, I love IEP meetings. Yes. They're oh, my boy, jam. <laughs> what, do boy,
1: do <laughs> what do you need? What do you need? I will be there.
3: And I sat there and she did wonderful. She asked hard yeah. questions. She did all the hard things. She found her brave in the middle of a conference room yeah and to witness that to know that just presence being there gave her power oh that's my Mm -hmm. goal and i've already reached it like Mm -hmm. if i can have parents feel powerful in their own actions yes and leading their own way that's what i would love to see within the first year oh i
0: i am actually really happy that happened because i had that have had that happen where literally I do very little talking, and I try not. I, I really sometimes feel a little guilty participating in as a just a a, a person, support person in IEPs because it's yes. like, oh, and who is this Holly at the Isaac Foundation? Yes,
3: they looked at my name tag and they kind of like, you don't yes. have to sit straight for me. Exactly. It's okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I'm literally just here as their friend. Yes, that's what I do. But again, like they have this, and I'm just here to like support it. And it's so great when mm-hmm. they find. They find that strong voice. Yeah. With that being said, though, Maria, I'm going to tell you. Yes. I had Caleb's IEP meeting for my son's IEP meeting. So just a little side oh, note, um, because of just what we do professionally, um, I had eight people attend his IEP meeting. Don't and, you love that? And I was like, wow. And I, I, I was very positive about it. I'm like, you know, I just feel so privileged and special to have all of you guys at my IEP meeting, like in all of the years. The only time, and it wasn't the school district um, that I've had this type of attendance is when it's adversarial and it's, nothing's adversarial. And the fact that I have all of you guys, I just feel so special. Like, can I ask why? And they're like, oh, we're really trying to make this happen for all IEPs. And I was like, oh, I hope that's the case.
3: But something tells me that no. that may not be. And you never want to be that on. parent in privilege, right? Yes. Like at an IEP meeting, yeah. like everybody should be greeted everybody should with be. the full panel. Yes. Um,
0: but I wanted to make sure that I was bringing that to the attention is that in all the years and in all the IEP meetings that I have ever attended, I have never seen this. I mean, I had the assistant principal and I had mm-hmm. somebody from the special ed department downtown. I love that. Yes. I love again, that But again, it's one of those things where we have to just, I'm just bringing light mm-hmm. to the fact that this is not what's normal. And mm-hmm. I get that I'm perhaps getting this because it's me, but we should. And they said, oh, we're really trying to do this for all
3: people. And I was like, I can't wait to see that in other
0: meetings I might be attending with other people because that, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't
3: that be great to have every IEP meeting staffed in such a positive way? Oh my goodness, yes. And everybody on the same page. Oh, I was gushing. I I was gushing.
0: (laughs) At the beginning, I was gushing and at the end. And again, I just think it's so wonderful of you guys to come. And I just hope I get to see a lot more of those faces at other meetings that I might attend as just a support person. But anyway, side note, I just thought of all people, you would probably get a little chuckle out of that one. So
3: I guess my focus is really just families helping them feel powerful and you're going to do that I think think I I think it's going to be very successful yes oh I'm so excited
0: any final thoughts Jennifer before we wrap up this podcast of something maybe I didn't touch on but you're just burning desire to make sure that families know
2: uh well, okay, yes, for a little bit of shameless marketing yes, plug. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah, this is I'm 100% about shameless marketing. <laughs> Why do you think I had to make my own podcast, shameless marketing? Fantastic. It's my love language. Yes. <laughs> um, we are really up and running right now, and I would love for people to check out Maria's page. Um, Oh, we'll put on that Facebook? in the show notes so people yes, can find please you. Do. But also, you know, we have a parent to parent now in uh, in Stevens County, Ferry and Ponderé. And so I can also get you the information for parents to be able to <sighs> click onto onto that Facebook page. The rural families, that, that oh, is we have tough. talked about we
0: actually talked about this in your interview too, I believe. Because yes. one of the things is equal representation and right. making. They are. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And there, there does need to be some incredible supports for the families up there, and and so we have Makayla um, who is up there now. She's she's brilliant, and she's going to be great. And we also just really for anything advocacy, it's advocacy at arc-spokane Send us anything yeah. you need. Um, just one email. That's it. Whether it's a legislative question whether it's something that we can help with resources, questions about parent-to-parent, it matters not. Um, Send it there. We will take care of it because, um, yes, I really do. Um, My passion is that people will think advocacy first, and also thrift store, yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> hey, but the thrift store is amazing. I mean, it's I don't incredible. want to downplay the thrift well, store. I mean, it's amazing. a great There's thing. There's going to be
1: a huge sale over Thanksgiving weekend. <gasps> oh! Black Friday sale. So
0: fantastic! It's it very trendy right now. My kids are asking yeah. to go thrifting. They don't want to go shopping in regular stores. They want to go thrifting because there must be a lot of like TikToks and stuff on the whole thrifting <laughs> it, thing. Because cool it, thing. Is. Yeah, it is, very, it. yeah, it's very. I know. I am. I'm sustainable, really
1: sustainable
0: uh, clothing and all that. Shopping. It's exactly, and I have to mm-hmm. be honest with you. I'm. I'm a lazy person when it comes to that sort of thing so we were just talking before we went live is that you know instacart is my favorite thing before my costco shopping because i just can't i hate it and we were talking about maria our strategy in our life is walmart delivery groceries when you
3: have a kid who yeah. loves walmart but for all the interesting reasons it's best not to always take them there that journey. Yes. So they can just show up at my door. Yeah, You better believe I'm going to prevent a meltdown. Oh my gosh. going to come to my door. Yes. It <laughs> just, so just prevent so many meltdowns and our outings oh. become more successful because we don't have to do the non-preferred oh, yes. shopping anymore. It's already yes. done for us. Yeah. So we're having increased success shopping which is a benefit yes for sure i don't have to deal with walmart on pat said go to the thrift store exactly (laughs) thrift store and like i said now my daughter
0: is bothering me but see when i can go to instacart and get my costco and i can order my groceries online then i have more energy to go to the thrift store with my daughter that is begging me because she is a shopaholic oh she loves to shop yeah loves to shop
1: give her 10 bucks and set her loose oh i
0: know well (laughs) actually I, i have you know you have those friends that end up you know, becoming friends with your children. And I have one mom, she is so wonderful. Um, She takes Kelly after school to hang out with her daughter. And she is the mom that will give them like $5 and take them to the thrift shop. And I just want to kiss her on the lips because I'm like, (laughs) I love you so much. Thank you for not making me do that. But that's her jam. And that's what she does. And for her, Um, Julie, if you're listening, you're an angel. You're just an angel. (laughs) So anyway, well, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I am certain that we will have you guys on for other, we're really focusing on collaboration and with collaboration, I think that means that I see more podcasts in our future. So with that, stay tuned for more of those and be sure to check the show notes so you can find some of the links to this wonder material that we were talking about today. And we will end this episode of Isaac's Autism in the Wild. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.